Hi friends, good morning. Welcome back to Mom Psych. Thank you for liking Mom Psych and I hope that you're still psyched. I'm still working on a lot of things um, and ideas um, for the podcast and I really appreciate your feedback, your questions, your thoughts and ideas, so please keep them coming. It's good to be back with you. I decided not to record the pod last week with the 4th of July holiday. It was so, so fun, though, to see so many of your families enjoying water, sun, um, and each other um, over the holiday, especially in Minnesota. Our sun and water season is painfully short. Uh, If you are new to the pod, welcome to Mom Psych. Mom Psych is a parenting podcast devoted to providing you with community, evidence-based research, information, education, and support for raising emotionally intelligent, responsible global citizens. It's not easy, and you're already doing it right, and we can always do it better. I'm your host, Lisa Weir. I'm a licensed parent and family educator, and have worked with hundreds of families, teaching parenting classes, coaching one-on-one, home visiting, and writing. I'm passionate about helping parents navigate the challenges of raising good humans in an increasingly complex world. Before we get started, just a standard disclaimer, this podcast is intended for educational and informational purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice or private therapy. So I wasn't going to cover the topic of eating issues so early in the podcast uh, because it is such a big source of frustration, stress, and irritation for many, many parents. It is also very, what I'd call, culture-heavy, leading to big servings of guilt and shame, our favorite parenting dish. This topic is much bigger than one podcast, but I'm going to start in a weird place maybe, but I but I know that it's really, really important, and so um, just bear with me. Um, I will cover lots more on this topic in the future, but we're going to start in this place today. So over the weekend, I posted some tips on Facebook about trying to help kids avoid eating disorders, along with a blog post by an eating disorder dietitian. I was surprised that it really didn't get any responses or even likes, um, air quotes. Not that the likes are that important, but it could be some information about the level of interest in the topic. So I'm just really curious about that, and I would love your input. One of the things that I hear most often is, how can I get my kid to eat healthy? For many families, the dinner table can become a fertile battleground for power struggles. This is a huge topic, uh, especially with toddlers and preschoolers, elementary age kids too. Then things change in middle school and high school. And I guess this is where I want to make a connection between picky eating, food, and power struggles and the potential for eating disorders to develop. There's so much more content that I will bring you on food and the feeding relationship with your child in future episodes, but I think it might be helpful to start with reframing our thoughts 
on feeding and, and nutrition and perhaps shift our behavior somewhat as well. Full disclosure, I have personal experience with eating disorders in my family, and I may share more in future episodes, but I can tell you that I wish I had the knowledge and research that is available now, which is what I'm sharing with you today, um, or part of it anyway, um, because I would have done almost everything differently. And that's why it's so important for me to provide you with this information now. I'm hoping for the best possible emotional and physical outcomes for your children. All right. So in the post, I said that eating disorders are extremely dangerous, life-threatening mental and physical illnesses. Uh, all true. We live in a culture that celebrates, uh, almost worships thinness. I, I don't even know if you've really thought about that or considered that, but I think it's really important to, to think about because it shapes how we behave and interact with our kids um, related to food, eating, and their bodies, uh, and our own, of course. So we live in this culture that celebrates and worships thinness, slimness. Um, some people call it fitness, but I'm not... Again, I think we're kind of in murky waters here because it's all a little tricky. Um, so... We worship this thin ideal, um, and and in addition to that, our culture is very, very um, harsh on folks with larger bodies. So um, even despising or demonizing um, people in really large bodies. The, the very popular wellness and health language that we use today can be sneaky and it can set up our children for potential problems as their bodies grow and change, which is what bodies are supposed to do. Um, but in this, this culture of, you know, everybody needs to have a certain body type, um, that that can be difficult for kids to understand and interpret, um, and as well as us as their parents, because we too have been uh, cultivated in this, this culture of, um, you know, you can't be too thin, basically. Um, and of course, we want our kids to be healthy. I have not met a parent yet. Uh, who doesn't want their kids to be healthy. So, um, and so much of what we say and we do, we do it in the name of health um, for our kids, but it can actually undermine um, our best intentions for health and um, wellness for our children long-term. So the other thing that I want to remind you of, which again, our culture does not support this message, but the research absolutely does. And I can provide you with every ounce 
of research that you need for this because some of the things that I'm going to share with you, you may um, you may disagree with in your head because because our cultural is, our culture is saturated with these really heavy body shaming messages, um, but um, the research just doesn't support it. So the reminder here is that health is comprised of so much more than body size. So we really, when we say that we want, we just want our kids to be healthy, we are talking way more than about their body size. So here's the five important things that you can do and start doing today, um, regardless of your child's age, to help them um, to be healthier someday, now actually, (laughs) Uh, and also to have um, healthy, a healthy emotional um, well-being regarding their their bodies and how they view themselves. So here's the five things, and I did post this already. So if you want to, you can go back to it. Um, but um, but these are the big messages. So the first thing is the biggest influence that you can have on your child in terms of their long-term, how they eat, um, and even how they use their bodies, is just model good health. So eat well, move your body. Um, But here's here's the big caveat. But please don't talk about it so much and preach about it. Kids get these messages really, really early and can start figuring out good and bad. Um, And maybe you think, well, that's good because I want them to think that, you know, vegetables are good and sugar or donuts are bad or something like that. And um, that is actually not going to be helpful for them in the long term. So I know that's probably going to really blow your mind and uh, um, you're going to want me to prove that to you. And and I can can do that. Um, So there you go. Um, So that's the first thing. Model good health, but please don't talk or preach about it. Just do it. Just do it. We don't have to talk so much about food and exercise and all that. We just need to to live a healthy life to the to the best of our abilities without going extreme either one way or the other right Uh, number two eat a variety of foods so please um, you know eat carbs eat fats proteins sugar starches um Eat what your body needs. The research is very, very clear that most bodies need a variety of foods. Uh, The other thing is if we, um, well, actually I'll go to the next one. So please just eat a variety of foods, fruits, vegetables, all those things. Um, But but make sure that you're eating a variety. Um, You're presenting a variety of foods to your kids 
and not over talking about it. Just do it again. The third thing you can do is avoid using the good food or the bad food language um, where, again, cookies are bad, broccoli is good. Um, that, that, that can set your child up for this relationship with food that um, makes really the bad food the highly desirable food because it's sweet and tasty. Um, and the good food is actually not so good because it doesn't taste that great. Um, and sen- so then you get all these mixed up messages. So we really, again, this is v- in the research, um, we, we really don't need to use good food, bad food language. Um, w- the goal here is really that we know that all foods might not be nutritionally equal, but we really want to instill in our children and in ourselves that all food is emotionally equal. Because if it's not, what the research says is that we'll always be in this push-pull type of relationship of, of knowing we want to be good but being pulled towards those bad foods and all the shame and all that other stuff that goes with it. So um, let's just use, avoid the good food and the bad food language. I would also say um, we want to make sure that we're also not um, talking so much about our eating plans like Whole30 or Keto or Paleo or whatever um, or Weight Watchers or whatever it is. Um, Food can and actually should be natural and we want our kids to be able to eat naturally Um, and I will talk more about that in another podcast. Um, But the big message for this tip number three is avoid using the good food, bad food language, and also avoid your eating plan names like Whole30, Paleo, or Keto. Also, try to avoid saying, oh, I'm not eating carbs right now, or I'm, you know, I can't have that because I'm uh, getting ready to go to a wedding or something like that. Um, we really just want to uh, avoid that. It's it's very confusing to children, and we might think that that's how we teach them about being healthy and have a good relationship with their body and food. But it's but that's actually the opposite. So there you go. Number four. This is huge, and we do it all the time. And again, it's really really like very natural habit that we get into but but the tip is the advice is don't comment on your child's body size or anyone else's ever 
So when we start uh, judging people's bodies or commenting on other people's bodies or anybody, you know, your child or anybody else's body, your child uh, really starts to, in their mind, get this idea of, oh, well, some body, bodies are good and some bodies are bad. And remember, with kids, it's always kind of a good-bad thing. There's not a whole lot of middle ground. And so, so it's really important that we just don't say anything about people's size or point out, oh, you know, that person is so thin and beautiful or whatever, and wow, that person is really unhealthy because they're this size. Uh, th those, those aren't helpful messages, even though we think that maybe they are, and oh, you know, I, my child needs to know that that's really not healthy. Um, that's not how they learn about taking care of their bodies by hearing commentary about their own body, your body, or anybody else's body. So please, and in fact, if there's, if you can only take one of these five tips, just do that. Just don't comment on your child's body size or anyone's, ever. Um, you know, if you want to say a comment like, you know, you're really growing, I think that's fine because it's pretty neutral. And here's another idea. Why don't you just compliment your child's many, many other amazing attributes? Your eyes are so blue. Um, wow. I like how hard you are working on uh, that um that uh, cartwheel or whatever it is. Um, so, uh, so again, um, really want to avoid the commentary about body size, your child's, anyone else's, yourself. Okay. Number four, this is huge. Or sorry, this is number five. Yeah. Uh, this is huge. Encourage kids to be in touch with their own bodies. Help them honor their hunger and their fullness cues by respecting what they tell you. Again, I have way more information on this, but this is the cliff notes to get started. Um, your child was born, your child was born with the ability to self-regulate their, um, their eating. Their body knows how much they need to keep running and growing and all those things um, and, and when to stop. And one of the reasons that we know that for sure is that we watch babies. When you have an infant, your baby will let you know when they're hungry. They'll cry. Um, and when they're a little bit older, you know, maybe they'll point to things. 
and then and then when they're done they are done they close their mouths they turn away they push away the bottle or the spoon or whatever they're making it extremely clear to you that they are done and in general we expect we we respect those those cues and um, honor them um, because that's what our kids are telling us and then somewhere in as our kids become toddlers there's I think there's a whole lot of reasons for this but but basically we stop trusting our kids to know what and how much they need to run their bodies and what their tummies are telling them and we um do and say things like you know eat everything on your plate or one more bite before you can have your ice cream or you know whatever and it can it can actually dysregulate that beautiful perfectly designed system of food regulation that they were born with so we don't want to interfere with that food regulation system i hope i've explained that well i have way more information on this but again this is this is just short so we can kind of get it so again remember to encourage kids to be in touch with their own bodies help them honor their hunger and fullness cues by respecting what they tell you and and i even know of a mom who when you know the kid says hey I, my tummy says i'm done they applaud like oh way to go you are you are listening to your own body way to go great that is a great life skill people um and many of us have experienced that 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 system has been interrupted um, again because others um, may have um, again we all have done it um, but thinking you know we know what's best for our kids no you need more of this two more bites whatever it is so um, your kids truly are the only ones that know how much they need I know that's hard to believe. Science proves it. And then I also want you to hear something really, really important. Um, we are very uh, fat phobic in our culture. And again, like I said, we kind of demonize large bodies. And, um, and, and so what's important to know is that obesity is more likely to result from a person becoming out of touch with those hunger and fullness cues that they have been born with so please please don't say one more bite or demand finishing their broccoli for example so that they can have ice cream so this might feel overwhelming um, but it's a fantastic start to helping your child avoid some of the serious consequences of our body-obsessed culture. So that's it for today. 
there's a whole lot more here, obviously, to talk about. And we will do that in time. But I really, really wanted to, to start with these really, really solid um, evidence-based suggestions for helping you cultivate your child's overall good physical and emotional health. So number one, model good health, but please don't talk, preach about it, just do it. Eat a variety of foods, number two. Three, avoid using good food, bad food language and your eating plan names like Whole30, Paleo, Keto, whatever it is. Don't comment on your child's body size or anyone else's ever. Right? We can, we can find other ways to compliment kids and each other. Five, encourage your kids to be in touch with their own bodies. Help them honor their hunger and fullness cues by respecting what they tell you. And you can even ask, what is your body telling you right now? Is your body telling you that it's still hungry and needs more to eat? Or is it telling you that it's, it's pretty full, it's pretty comfortable, and it's all done, and, and there'll be more later if we need it? That is the, the beginning of creating this really, really healthy relationship with food and body. And um, that could be a really, really beautiful thing. Don't you agree? Have a wonderful day, you guys. And I will see you, or at least um, you'll hear me, <laughs> on the next episode. Have a great week. Bye-bye.